just begin to thank him right now for this, this week of prayer, this week of seeking God, and this week of refreshing. And just ask him to refresh you right now. Hallelujah, Father. Lord, we just invite your presence, Lord, right now into this place, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that we've had a week of seeking after you, a week of holiness, a week where we've asked you to, to move in our hearts. And we ask you, Father, move one more time, Lord. Move in this place, Lord. Let's just begin to exalt the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We love you in this place. We lift your name higher, Lord. We're not ashamed of you. We thank you that Christ died. He was buried, but he rose again on the third day. We thank you that he's here right now to give life to all who are in this place, Lord. And Lord, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead so dwells in us, will he not quicken our mortal bodies? So, Father, we ask you for a divine quickening here this afternoon, Lord. Lord, we've not come here just to be a crowd. We've not come here just to sing. and We've come here to meet with you, Lord. So, Father God, we just invite you to come right now into this place, Lord God, and to change us at our point of need. Lord, we say we need you, Lord, in our lives. Tell them right now, Lord, I need you in my life. Lord, I need you in my life. Lord God, I need you, Lord, and I need you to come. I need you to come and change me. I need you to come to shift some things, and we thank you that things have moved this last week, Lord God, through prayer and fasting and seeking you. We also acknowledge there's other things that do need to move in the future, but Lord, we're committed to you, Lord God, and we ask you, Father God, to come and to use us, Lord, in an incredible way. Lord, we thank you for this move of the Holy Spirit. And we ask you, Lord God, that that's what it would be, a move of the Holy Spirit. That you would move, I would move, would move out into our communities, our neighborhoods. And we would, Lord, not just be doing stuff. We've tried and done stuff before. But Lord, as we move with the compassion of Jesus and people see something in us that's different, then Lord God, as they see that's something that is different, then that's going to impact them, Lord God. And they're going to start asking questions about what is different about us, Lord. So we ask you to change us. We ask you to move inside of us, Lord, and do something new, something different, Lord, something deep, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the thanks, Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Holy ground, holy ground, holy ground, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. I want you to turn your Bibles to Mark's Gospel, chapter 16. Uh, this verse really um, impacted me recently, and um, it's not a verse that is not known to me, but it's something that I've really prayed over on a regular basis, and it just impacted me in a fresh and new way. So turn to Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, and uh, just reading from verse 1. Just a, a few things as we, as we begin. We want to welcome those who are watching us online, and uh, what do we want to believe God for? is that the move of God would penetrate and touch people online as they're simply watching and also those things that are recorded online that you can go over and watch them online and yet receive that same anointing. What simply helped me at the beginning of my faith was that I watched sermons after sermons after sermons uh, and sermons that had impacted me. So it's not just watching a sermon because you just wanted to catch up. 
you missed, missed the resurrection day, so you decided to catch up on the message. But sermons that touched you, sermons that changed you, and you decided to listen to them, and they decided to get the word deep within your heart. Because if you don't get the word deep within your heart, it can't change you. So you've got to ask God to get the word deep in your spirit. And so if there's message that has touched you this week, uh, in the prayer week, then get those messages. If those messages appear online, get those messages. Start to go over those messages and ask God to come and transform your life. Here in Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, let's read from verse 1. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Madeline, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices and that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb, and when the sun had risen, and they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? And when they had looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in long white robes sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, whom you, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go and tell his disciples and Peter that he was going before him into Galilee, and there you will see him. And as he said to you, so they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Something that really impacted me about this verse, um, when I was praying through it about three weeks ago, it says that they had this amazing encounter and this amazing experience with an angel. Now, I know in Christian circles, we really want an encounter with God. We want to see angels. How many people want to see angels? Some people have actually seen angels. We want to encounter the glory of God. And here in this passage, here are the, the women. They're, they're going in the very early morning. I want to tell you today, if you want a move of God in your life, then it's going to Im impact your mornings. How many people like sleep? Amen. It's going to impact your mornings. It's going to cost you something. It, you know, God doesn't give encounters out and experiences out for people who are not ready to sacrifice. See, you have to give up something. Uh, God's got something quality for you. And here they are early in the morning. Now, they're not going there to get anything. They're just there to anoint the body, go through the motions, do the natural thing. But during their natural early morning wake up, then suddenly they have this experience with God. And then it says here, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us. So they were thinking, naturally speaking. But when they looked up, something different had happened. The stone had rolled away. Now, I believe that during morning prayers, as you get up faithfully in morning prayer, something is going to start happening to you. The stones in your life are going to start to move. Amen? I don't know about you, but I've found that as I begin to wake up, at 60, 40, 6, not 60.45, but 6.45 every morning, challenging myself, not every day, but as much as possible, set my alarm clock that things have been different. Things have been different for me. Now, as you think about natural things, they were thinking about natural things. Now, the stone, they were thinking, how are we going to roll away the stone, naturally speaking? And sometimes we're caught up in natural things. We try to have natural answers to supernatural things. We want things to shift spiritually, but we're too busy doing natural things. Now, I liken this to the chicken and the eagle, because the chicken is always having the head down like this. And this is what we're like. We have our head down, and we're trying to get God to answer us, and we're thinking, what's going to happen to the stone? How are things going to happen in our lives? And our head is down on a consistent basis. In fact, 
if you, just in the, purely in the natural, then you suddenly get caught up in circumstances and situations. Now, if you're seeking God and you want something to move in your life, you can bet something's going to happen to you that someone's going to annoy you. Someone's going to get right up your skin. Now, if someone gets right up your skin, then you can't stop thinking about that person. Now, if, you, if you're me and someone gets up my skin, then I'm thinking in a, in a fleshly way, I'm thinking, when can I knock that person out? Now, not physically, maybe. You know, I, I know that I have to be very, very on guard because one day I was on the train. And to be honest, as far as I was concerned, I was in revival. I was listening to my iPod. I was listening to worship and I was experiencing the presence of God. And then somebody just barged me off the train. And immediately, within seconds, something just rose up inside of me. It was not the Holy Spirit. And I was just thinking, I'm going to knock this guy out. And suddenly, I felt the voice of the Holy Spirit say to me, Christian, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Walk away. Walk away. Now, back in the day, when, when we were playing football, if someone punched me, I'd just punch them back. It wouldn't, in split seconds, I wouldn't even have that chance of the Holy Spirit to warn me. I would just do it straight away because I was naturally minded. But when you want to be spiritually minded and you're open to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can speak to you and he can stop you doing something dangerous. And here, they were looking for a natural rolling away of the stone and then the stone had been rolled away and and the Bible says they looked up. See, an eagle looks up, amen? He looks up to God. He soars. You see, the Bible says, lift up your eyes. Where comes your help? Your help comes from the Lord. Now, these women, they were going through stuff. They were going through situations. Jesus, their Lord, had passed away. So naturally speaking, they were going through emotions. They were going through fear. They were going through anxiety. They were going through worry. And I've got a funny feeling that that was the simple reason why they did nothing. They did nothing. They had this amazing experience, but because they were gripped with fear, because they were gripped with anxiety, because they were gripped with stuff, it stopped them being effective for God. Now, we've had an amazing week, haven't we? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning, and Friday afternoon. But we really need to work deeper in our hearts and allow God to change those fears in our lives. Because if we have those fears and we have those anxieties, now, God is working on you, amen? You're a work in progress. But if you have those fears and those anxieties and those stresses, they're going to hinder you from moving forward with God. Because it says they did absolutely nothing. I would have thought if they had an encounter with an angel. Because it says here, it says, go and tell Peter. Go and tell my disciples quickly. But they trembled and they were amazed and they said nothing to anyone. They didn't do anything. They were so gripped. Now, when I came to KT, we were challenged to go out onto the streets and evangelize. And somebody said to me, Christian, I believe that God's called you to speak and to preach the gospel. And... um, I used to be in a choir, believe it or not, amen. <laughs> I used to be in a choir at, at age 15, and we used to be on TV on the BBC and uh, in the Northeast, and, and I remember they used to ask us to give testimony. And I used to be filled with all this anxiety and this stress. I never really knew it was there until I started getting asked to come forward and share testimony. I'm talking about the type of fear where you're, you're literally, your leg's shaking, I mean, I remember doing my driving test. Anybody done a driving test? And you're trying to do a reverse park, and you're just like this. <laughs> and you're looking at your legs and saying, what are you doing? I'm trying to reverse here. Because of the type of fear that grips you, it disables you. It stops you being effective for God. And God wants to remove that stuff. And I remember the youth pastor, he looked at the back, and I remember as we were in the choir, I would just be hiding because my heart would start beating. 
I'd get all nervous. And one time he asked me to come forward and I was standing at the front at age 16 and I was thinking to myself, my God, what am I going to say? And I just said, Jesus, Jesus loves you. And I just legged it back as quickly as possible. Because fear can grip you. These people were in fear. They were anxious. They, they, they lost their Lord. If you've ever lost somebody, you know you went through this stuff. So I came to KT with this word from somebody saying, you, you're going to preach. And I, I sat down with Bruce Atkinson down in the lower hall. And I said, I believe God's called me to preach. I've never preached before. And he said, go and serve the missions department. And I remember going out on the streets. And one of the guys was saying, why don't you preach? And I said, well, I'm going to pray. I feel anointed to pray. And so I'd be praying and praying and praying partly because I was scared of preaching, but also because I, I felt there was an anointing on my prayer. And I was really connecting with God. I was having some God encounters. And one of the guys said, you know, when you pray, I feel the anointing. And I felt like saying, yes, I'm going to continue to pray. You're going to continue to feel the anointing. Because I'd see him walking up in the street preaching like this. And I think, how could you possibly do that? How could you possibly do that? I'm just going to keep praying. Maybe one day God will change me. See, these disciples, it goes on, if you read verse 9, now when he arose early in the first day of the week, he appeared to Mary Madeline, out of whom he had cast seven demons. And she went out and told those as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive, when they heard that he was alive, when they heard that he was alive, they did not believe. They did not believe. And after he appeared in another form to two of them, as they walked and went into the country, they went and told of the rest, but they did not believe them either. They did not believe even though the women told them, even though two others, allegedly maybe the people on the road to Emmaus, two people who'd encountered Jesus and said, he's alive, he's alive, come and see him. Bam, no, I don't believe. I don't believe. What was that? They were gripped by fear, anxiety, and troubles. I call it fat, amen? God wants to remove the fat. Fear, anxiety, and trouble. He wants to remove the fat from your life. I had a picture this week about somebody who's coming to church with these big, fat African suitcases. You know the ones you try to get extra kilos on as you fly back home to Nigeria? These big ones, yeah? And you come in every week and you're putting them down at the altar. But the problem is you're not leaving them at the altar. You're just carrying them back to your house again. And it seems you're carrying all these weights around in your life, these fat troubles, these fat anxieties, these fat fears, and God wants to deliver you. He wants you to leave these suitcases at the front, amen? And he wants to bring freedom into your life. And often these fears can hinder us and hold us back. So I remember when I finally defeated that first level of fear when it came to preaching. Here it says in verse 14, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. See, I was in a position where somebody had said, God's called you to do something. God's called you to preach. But there was fears in my life. So what did I do? Did I do nothing? No. I decided I've got to do something. I came to Bible school in KT. And even that wasn't enough to break the fear because I was going out during the Bible school. So what else did I do? They were saying, hey, there's some missions happening. Now this is the great commission. This is a mission. Jesus, the last words of Jesus. He says to the disciples, now bear in mind, 
They're weak, they're fearful, they're anxious, they're stressed, they've lost their friend, they've lost the Messiah, they've lost, they've lost him. They're dealing with the emotion of all this stuff, as well as the fear of the Roman soldiers and society. They're gripped with fear. And then Jesus comes, he rebukes them, and then he commissions them. He believes in them. And I want to tell you today, he believes in you, amen? Despite the things that you're going through, despite your troubles, despite your circumstances, despite your weaknesses, Jesus cares, amen? And in the midst of your cares, he commissions you, and he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a confidence booster for me. That's a confidence booster. Jesus, amidst all the issues that I have, amidst all the difficulties that I have, amidst all the, the, the fact that I have these amazing experiences. How many people have had amazing experiences with Jesus? I've had some amazing experiences. I mean, fire falling. We've had oil. Someone, someone saw someone, like an angel, spray some oil on some guy's head out, out of, just out of the, the atmosphere. And he fell down. He was commissioned just here in the Bible school. We've had oil in people's hands. We've had amazing experiences. But yet, sometimes we still find ourselves in a situation where we're doing nothing. We find ourselves, God, I still can't wake up at 6.45. I still can't wake up at 6.45. I'm trying. I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep on doing it. I'm going to switch my light on. I'm going to kneel down. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to stay awake at night. I'm going to keep worshiping the Lord despite whether I fail him or not. And in the midst of my failures, Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. See, I believe that Jesus is not taking away our difficulties, not taking away our weaknesses, but in the midst of our weaknesses, in the midst of our difficulties, he is going to anoint us and he's going to lift us up to a completely different level, amen? And he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So how did I work on my fears? Well, Philip Whitehead, who was the director of evangelism at that time, had a, a mission in Finland. And this is how it started for me. Now, nothing's really changed in God challenging me here in the church. Because on Wednesday night, Colin had texted out some texts and said, get some people uh, to be ready to preach this week. And I noticed that I wasn't on the list, but I prepared anyway. I prepared anyway, and I felt I was encountering God and had a message. And I preached on Thursday, being caught up. And you can only give that which God has given you. Amen? You can't give something that God hasn't given you. And you have to believe that God's able to multiply it. Now, if it's tiny, then he can multiply it and make it big. If it's big, then he can make it even bigger. But whatever he gives you, you, know, you can't use someone else's gift. You can only use your gift. And so I basically signed up for this finished mission. And Phil, White, and he just said, tomorrow you're going to preach. What? Where? Where am I going to preach? You're going to preach right in front of the, in the evangelism crusade in town. You're going to preach the gospel. And how are you going to do it? Well, I thought, I've never preached before. This is a guy who's in the choir. When I'm asked to preach, I'm getting all nervous, and I'm, I'm shaking, and my legs are shaking, and now he's asked me to preach. What am I going to do? He gave me a little bit of wisdom. He said, just use one verse, preach that verse, and then that's enough. So I wrote down the verse, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. <laughs> Very easy. So the music was playing, everybody Fabio and the team, they weren't there then, but something similar to that. Amazing worship. The presence of God was there. Some Finnish people listening, some people drinking beer. And here's me, just 18 years old, standing up, shaking and ready 
to say, God, Lord, all my fears, all my worries, all my anxieties, all my stresses come into the service. And I'm saying, God, I'm willing. I know you've called me, and I've got this verse, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So I keep repeating it to myself. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Wages of sin, all you have to do, Christian, is just say the wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life. All you need to do, Christian, is say the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life. All you need to do is say wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so I got up there, and that's exactly what I did. I said it three times. I said, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Hallelujah. Amen. I went back. <laughs> but I tell you something that happened. When I did that, something broke off me. Something broke off me. Something broke off me. And I know there's two things. One, you've got, you've got to be willing to move forward with God. And you've got to trust God that he's going to deliver you from your weaknesses. So you've got to be willing to move forward. You take one step, God takes another step. He helps you. He helps you move forward. And I'm calling this message the synergy of the resurrection because it says the Lord worked with them. We'll read it in a moment. He worked with them. So you're not working alone. Despite your fears, despite your anxieties, despite your troubles, despite the things that are holding you back, you're not working by yourself. You're working with Jesus. Hallelujah. You're working with him. And he's doing a work in you. And when he's completed a work in you, you will rise to the level that he has required of you. Amen? He will cause you to accomplish the destiny that he has for you. That's how it started me. I came back to London on that verse, Ephesians. I mean, not Ephesians, I just made that up. Romans 6, verse 23. Romans 6, verse 23. And I came back with that scripture. And I went to the street, and something was different. We prayed our usually two hours. We worshipped God. And I said to the guy who was leading the team, I said, listen, I'm ready. I want to preach. And he let me preach. And I remember getting on the platform. It was not a platform like this. It was a ladder. Just a little two-step ladder. You ever preached on a ladder before? Francois, yeah? Just a two-step ladder. Now, I'm still working out this forgiveness issue because one of my cell members that had this ladder for about... Two years. I preached on it for two years in Leicester Square. It was very sacred to me. I said to him, never, ever lose that ladder. Never, ever lose that ladder. He took it to Hackney, got a new place. He moved out in three weeks. I said, where's my ladder? He said, he left it there. <laughs> so anyway, I released forgiveness on him. We used to preach on these ladders. And I got on that ladder. And I remember preaching that same message. The, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And Whatever happened, it was like God started to blow into my sails. I started preaching there for about one hour. One hour, just preaching the gospel. Preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching until I had no voice left. I got down, drank some water. It was throwing it down with rain. I went to the empire, outside the empire. We stood up, we put our little thing there. I got back up and I started to screech out, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. Why? What was happening in me? There was a change happening in me. There was a working of God happening in me. God was setting me completely free from the fear of man, from the fear of preaching, from the things that had hindered me. And God wants to do the same for you. He understands exactly what you're going through. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That word preach there is the word caruso. It means to shout out. It means to shout out, to herald out the gospel. So there goes the seeker-sensitive 
movement, amen? To shout out, to do something, to shout out. Sometimes you have to be quiet, and sometimes you have to be loud, amen? And you, some of you who are quiet need to get loud, and some of you who are loud need to get quiet. He who believes in me and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And then verse 19, So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, and he sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out, and they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. The Lord working with them. The Lord working with them. That word, working with them, is the word sonergio in the Greek. And it is, I don't know if I pronounced it right, but basically it means synergy. You working by yourself cannot do it. But you working with God, it's you working with God. The Lord worked with them. The Lord worked with them. And as the Lord was working with them, he confirmed his word through the accompanying signs. The accompanying signs. The Lord worked with them. We're in a church right now where George Jeffries opened this building. And they used to go up and down the country. And they believed that the Lord would work with them. They simply believed it. They believed. Now, they set up shop in a building like this in town, maybe a town hall, and they had the services. And they were believing for God to confirm his word by signs following. So they had the meetings, maybe some small. They started off small with a few, five, ten people, nothing much happening. And then there was a miracle that took place. Maybe someone came out of a wheelchair. Maybe someone who was blind started to see. And that was the breakthrough. Suddenly the next night, the building was packed. And they would have these miracle campaigns for five days, seven days, maybe a couple of weeks. And suddenly, crowds of people started to come, and they just believed God. That God would work with them. God would work through them. See, if you've ever been in a place where you got tired, anybody ever felt tired before? Tired? I mean, I felt tired this week. I said to Torian, I said, how do we manage this? I want to get to the point where I can manage this. We go to the Wednesday night, the Thursday night, the Friday morning, the Friday afternoon. Friday night, I don't even know if I'm alive or dead. I'm like, I'm confused. I'm saying, God, I know I felt your presence there. I'm not feeling, feeling your presence now. What am I doing? And so I said to Toy, and I said, listen, what we need to do is a little top up here and a little top up there. Suddenly we experience God in different levels. Life is not about to be mountains and valleys because if you're a mountain valley person, what happens when you're not in a mountain and valley? You know, what happens in the middle? Sometimes we need to get a, a bit of balance, a bit of, I'll call it buoyancy in our spirit. And so what I did was I just switched on some sermons and I just lay there with a cup of tea and I let the word of God just wash over me and keep me buoyant. And some of you need to hear that today when you're going through busyness and you haven't got a time to really spend that hour with God, uh, maybe to remove that anxiety or that fear or that difficulty, you're still feeling that stuff. I mean, feelings will always be there. But despite your feelings, you suddenly you need to feed your spirit. That's why worship music is good, amen? Worship music is good. To just play that and make yourself feel buoyant. Now, that's good to make you feel happy because that's worship music. The anointing come up on you. But when you pray at 6.45 in the morning and you make your sacrifice to God, what is that doing? It's feeding yourself internally. So, throughout the week, you're busy. You're trying to feed yourself with some word and some worship. But don't forget to do the deep stuff because God wants to work a work in you in order to work a work through you, amen? God wants to work a work in you before he works a work through you. Now, how did it happen? 
How did it happen? It says in Luke 24, verse 49, to wait in Jerusalem till you've been clothed with power from on high. I don't know if that chair's still there. Gabriel, if you could get that for me. I used to think that in the book of Acts, these guys were just crazy like me. And they, they, they were doing kind of in Acts, chapter, one, chapter 2, they were just, they were having what I would call a Nigerian all-night prayer meeting. <laughs> that was my picture in my head. How many people believe that they were having a Nigerian all-night prayer meeting in Acts chapter 2? I mean, they were just going for it. They were binding demons. They were shaking heaven. They were shaking hell. They were just going for it. They were saying, oh, God, we're waiting for your power. Lord, we're waiting for heaven to come. We're waiting for a mighty rushing wind. That's what they were doing. That's what I used to think that they were doing. If you read the book of Acts, we won't turn to it. It says that the Lord filled the whole house where they were sitting. Suddenly there was a mighty rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were... Turn your Bibles and read it. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were... Hallelujah! Jesus Lord! Hallelujah! Send your fire! No. Where they were sitting. If you go back to Mark 16, what did Jesus do? What was he doing? Later he appeared to them where they sat at the table. Where they sat at the table. He says in Luke 24, verse 49, to tarry in Jerusalem till you've been clothed with power from on high. Now that word tarry means to wait. It means to wait in expectation. So what God's saying to us, before we go out and be effective, we have to wait for his working on the inside of our lives. He works in us as we sit at his feet. Mary and Martha, what was Mary doing? She was just sitting at the Lord's feet. She was mesmerized by his teaching. And as she was mesmerized by his teaching, she was being changed on the inside. And I believe that's exactly what God is calling us to do. The vision week where we had prayer and fasting and seeking God. This week of refreshing and prayer. The, pen, the, the prophetic Pentecost conference where Paul Kane and Ken Gott are going to come. See, it's not about just these guys coming in in the mountaintops, but God wants us to start to wait on him. Because as we start to wait on him, suddenly we will hear a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it will start to fill our house, fill our home. Because I don't know about you, I don't want just to experience God in church. I want to experience God in my house. I want to experience God in my car. I want to experience God when I'm arguing with the guy whether evolution is real or whether God exists or not. I want God to break in. I want something different to happen in my life. I, I'm tired of my weaknesses. I'm tired of my struggles. So therefore, how am I going to get the answer to that stuff? I'm simply going to have to wait on God. I'm simply going to have to get the word working deep down in my spirit. See this word synergy or the word energy, God working in me. It's in Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. God works in you, energizes and creates in you the passion and the desire to do his will. I thought I was just trying to do your will, Lord. I thought I was trying to be obedient. Well, if you could be obedient and I could be obedient, we would be. Would we not? You would have saved yourself. You'd be in heaven right now all by yourself. 
you would have done it. But the fact is, you can't do it. You need God. And so did the disciples. They were confused, hard of heart, even after all the miracles and the blind eyes and the stuff Jesus did. Yes, because without him, we cannot do it. With him, we can do it. With God, all things are possible. And it's not just the external, it's the internal. And if you want to listen to a great message on that, Colin's message on Wednesday night, it was solid, it was hard, it was strong. But simply, we was just reading James chapter 4. And as he read James chapter 4, I just left there thinking, this stuff needs to get in us. God needs to get in us, and he needs to remove some of that stuff. All that stuff in James 4, he needs to remove it out of our lives so we can be vessels of honor, amen? So we can be useful as we wait on him. And it's not going to happen just straight away. It's going to happen as we make a decision for us to wait on him. So go back to Mark 16 and verse 20. It says, the Lord worked with them, confirming his word by the accompanying signs. The Lord worked with them, confirming his word by the accompanying signs. I'm going to finish with this story. We were out evangelizing in Westfields when it first opened with the Bible school. And there was about 30 of them all just shouting in tongues and worshiping God and telling people that Jesus loves them and all that kind of stuff. And it seemed like nothing much was happening at all apart from some good old passion. You know, I'm a Bible school student, so I'm just going to share everything I know in about 10 minutes with everybody. And that's what was happening. And then we finished and a few people were prayed for nothing really happened. And then we were finishing and we were praying. And a lady had come out of nowhere and she said, you know what, I've got this pain in my head. I've got to see the doctor about it. Can you pray for me? And I said, okay. Internally, I was like, I don't really want to pray for you because I want to go home. I've been here two hours. But externally, I was like, well, Jesus loves you and I'll pray for you because I'm the leader here. So I had to do it. But you know what? When I put her in the prayer queue, something happened to me. Suddenly, I felt God's heart for that lady. And as I prayed and put my hand up on her head, I felt tears come to my eyes, and I just said, in the name of Jesus, I command that pain to come out of your head in the name of Jesus. And as I prayed that prayer, something between God giving me his heart and the wind of the Holy Spirit just hit the back of my head and hit that lady, and she fell right down on the floor, and she started to shake in the middle outside Westfields. As she was shaking on the floor, a crowd of people came together, and a man who was sat in the corner just by a lamppost, he saw this, and he was peering over, and he was asking, what is that? What is that? The lady next to him said, that's God. That's God. And in a matter of moments, he had prayed the prayer to receive Jesus as she explained to him the gospel. Amen? <laughs> what that story shows me is that we, for two hours, were trying to do something, being faithful in evangelism and doing what we can do, but knowing that no one can be saved and no one can become a Christian without God himself. And when God breathes on somebody and God touches somebody and God works in your heart, whether you want to do it or you don't want to do it, God needs to do something in you and then the compassion happens and boom, something can happen. I want God to use me. Do you want God to use you? Amen. I want this move of God and it's been prophesied that this move of God will happen in the streets. It will happen in communities. It will happen in your houses. It's a move of God, not a stay of God, a move of God. It's going to move out into different parts. And how's it going to happen? You are the move of God, amen? You are the move of God. Tell your neighbor, you are the move of God. Some of you don't believe me. Because God moves through you. 
God moves through you. God is dwelling in your heart. He's dwelling in your life. And as you allow him to have more of your life, then when you go out and you just simply pray for people, share, step out, God will start to change you. He'll start to mold you. He'll start to do something in you, and he'll start to do something through you. Let's bow our heads in prayer right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to just pray a prayer. Anyone in this place today who you don't know Christ, you're like the disciples. You're in this room. You're discouraged. You're full of fear. And you don't even know if you're going to make it into heaven or not. They didn't know the future. They didn't even know what was happening. All they knew, that Jesus had died. Their friend had died. The Son of God had died. Was he coming back? They didn't know. But then he appeared to them. And he commissioned them. The resurrected Lord appeared to them. And Jesus is appearing to you right now in this place. And he's asking you, will you believe in me? He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He who believes in me and is baptized will be saved. If you want to be saved, if you want eternal life, if you want to get to heaven and you want to know God, then you simply need to believe in Jesus, the resurrected Lord. Believe in Jesus, the resurrected Lord. I'm going to pray a prayer. And it's a prayer of forgiveness. You see, to get saved, to become a Christian, to know his grace and his forgiveness is simply to admit where you're at and say, God, you know what? I'm not making it. I'm not perfect. I need you in my life. And if you're in this place today and you need his grace to change you, maybe you are suffering from fear, anxiety, and all that stuff. And you're saying, God, you know, I can't do it alone. I need you. God wants to set you free today. Pray this prayer after me. If you want him in your life, say, Lord Jesus, I come to you right now. I admit that I need you. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm away from you. And today, I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to come into my heart. I believe you died on the cross. And I believe you rose again on the third day. I believe you appeared to your disciples. And I believe you ascended into heaven. Today, I choose to follow you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for changing me. From this moment onwards, in Jesus' name. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you prayed that prayer and you want his grace and you want his forgiveness, I want to pray with you in this place right now. Just lift your hand and I'll pray with you. Saying, Christian, pray for me. I prayed that prayer. I need Christ in my life. I need his forgiveness today. Lift it high and I'm going to pray with you right across this place. Lift it high. When you lift that hand, you're not just lifting it to me. You lift it to heaven. Heaven sees that hand. They say, yes, I'm going to save you. I'm going to forgive you. Lift it high right now. Right across this place today, say yes to Jesus Christ. Say, yes, I need his forgiveness. Yes, Lord, I receive you. Hands lifted right across this place. If you're in this place today and you need to recommit your life to Christ, on Resurrection Sunday, can't think of a greater day to do that. Lift your hand high right now. Say, pray for me, Christian. I need Christ in my life. I need Christ in my life. I need Christ in my life. Keep your hand lifted right now. Those who lifted your hand, lift it high. Lift it high. Those who lifted your hand, I want you to stand on your feet. If you can right now, I'm going to pray with you. Those who lifted your hand, just stand on your feet. I know it's a bold step. I did it many times as a young Christian, came forward. But you know what? The more you respond to God, God's changing you. You're not perfect, but God's changing you. And he wants to continue to change you. He wants to shape you. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a destiny for you. You're not here by chance today. You're here because God called you to be here. Those who are standing, I want to just... Take a step out of your seat and just come to the front of this carpet. We don't always put this carpet out, but it's here. And I believe there's been something significant this week. 
And so I want you to come right now just to the front. If we can just give them a hand as they come right now. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Just come here. Just bow your head in prayer right now. I want you to pray this prayer, those at the front, just after me. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, loud and strong, Lord Jesus Christ, I admit that I'm a sinner, and I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for rising on the third day. And today, today, I choose to follow you and your plan for my life. Thank you, Lord saving me. Amen. Lord, set your seal upon this prayer right now. And I ask you, Father God, that something internally would happen in the hearts of people who are standing here. They would be born again. They would believe and they would go on to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would connect them with strong people who are able to help them and move forward with you. We give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor and all the thanks in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Let's give Jesus praise. Just stay at the front here. Just stay here. Just stay here. We're going to spend a few moments with you. There's some members of our team. I'd like to invite some cell leaders also to join us. On my right-hand side, we're just going to spend a moment with you. There's a little pack of information. We'd love to give you a little Bible. And there's some information from our church there. So I just wanted to follow Scott there on my right-hand side through the, the, the lounge in the room on, on my right. And if uh, we've got Alex here from the team, we just got, let's uh, give them a hand as they go right now. God bless you guys. We all go together. Yep. Just follow Roger through the door. Let's all stand right now.